Welcome to the Holistic Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Blair, wife, mother of three, author of Holistic Wealth, and founder of the Institute on Holistic Wealth. The show will showcase various experts in the key pillars of holistic wealth. Each week, we deliver the best information on how to become holistically wealthy and live your best life. Welcome to the Holistic Wealth Podcast with Keisha Blair. And today I have a special guest with me and that celebrity designer and Emmy Award winning sustainability activist, Jeff Garner. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. It's so amazing to have you here, given that holistic wealth is also about sustainability. And when I saw your story, I just really wanted to have you on the show for your company, Prophetic, for the work you've done with your wonderful Emmy award-winning documentary and for the work that you've been doing and trying to highlight how for women's clothing, you know, the toxicity involved in some of the materials, I want to get into all of that. But first, I just want to hear about your journey. Can you tell us about your journey, how you started out in fashion design? Because you've designed for some of the A-list celebrities, uh, the Jonas Brothers, Rihanna. Can you tell us how you started? Sure. So I grew up on a horse farm in Nashville, Tennessee. And Basically, all my buddies were in bands and they said, hey, be in our band. I'm like, nah, but I'll dress you. (laughs) And so so that's kind of how it naturally began. My grandmother taught me to sew and um, I was just kind of an introverted, kind of smart kid that just hung out in his room and took things apart and put them back together. My grandfather was an inventor. He worked on the Manhattan Project in Ridge, Tennessee. He was just kind of this cool you know, brainiac scientists. I'd hang out with him in his basement and just make things. So it was kind of a natural progression. So I like fabrications and textiles and plant-based dyes, and it just kind of expanded. So I naturally just started dressing my buddies and all the kind of Christian and country artists that were based in Nashville and then kind of got a reputation and started designing for bigger artists and it just kind of expanded. And so I've always been in the idea of sustainability because growing on a farm, I didn't want to pursue anything that would hurt animals and or people. So it was kind of, you know, I was anti-pollution. So I was big recycler. I knew how things worked on a farm. So it was just a natural thing when I got into it. It was like so dirty. And this is 20 years ago. My mind was like, okay, let me figure out how to do it differently. Because nobody told me otherwise. They're like, nobody told me, hey, you can't make money off of that. It's too expensive to do plant-based dyes. And it was just, that wasn't a thought then. So I started working with hemp and organic cotton and any material I could find that was just a natural fabrication. You know, all my, like the Jonas Brothers loved it because they like, I'd make a hemp t-shirt for them and they would wear it on stage, sleep in it, wake up the next day and wear it again. And, you know, hemp naturally doesn't hold smells or antifungal. So it was like perfect for band guys, right? So that's kind of how it naturally began. Yeah. That's just an amazing story. What are some of those issues, Jeff, concerning sustainability that no one's talking about? You know, the main one for me is that people are more or less focused on the production manufacturing and that element versus the health implications and so you can imagine a lot of these fabrications changed back during like after World War II. Like, for example, they ran out of silk for the parachutes. So therefore, 
they started making nylon. It's called biomimicry. So they mimicked the fabrication and made it in a laboratory. Well, what they never studied was what does that synthetic fabrication do to a person's body after they wear it, after they sweat in it, after it coats the skin? Is there anything going into the skin? It's our most permeable area of our body and just things of that nature. So, you know, it was obviously cheaper to make a synthetic nylon versus silk. So the progression happened. So after the silk parachutes, ladies for their stockings started wearing nylon versus silk. And it keeps going and going. It goes into brassieres and other things, right? So my whole campaign and or voice has been about, hey, you may want to check what's in your fabrication, what you're putting on your body every day, what you're sweating in, what you're working out in, what you're laying out in the sun with in your swimsuit. And you may want to look at that because we're looking at what's in our food, what's going in our body. So it's like a disconnect for some reason. I think just because people, one, haven't heard about it, two, think that everything that's in a store may, might be okay to wear. It should be healthy. That's the assumption. And so all my friends are always worried about what they wear around me. (laughs) (laughs) No, for sure. And it's so interesting because I have several members of my family who passed away from breast cancer. And I was sad to hear that your mother also passed away from breast cancer. And so I imagine that for you, this probably heightened your passion around this topic. She developed breast cancer in my high school days. So that started my problem-solving brain to be like, okay, why did she get this? She's young. She's healthy. She eats well. She lives on a farm. And then I started diving into it and I realized the nylon in her bra could have an effect. And then I started doing research and scientific studies and my own studies and There's a lot of great studies, which I can send to you later for your readers or your podcasters. But simply being is the bras don't allow any breathability. So you have a screen there that holds all those toxins into the fatty tissue of the breast, which is basically like a greenhouse. A lot of women wear them longer today. Even some women wear them to bed. And so your body's not getting naturally when you sleep, your body cycle is moving out toxins. Your lymphonic system is pushing all that out. So if you have that constriction, it's not going to happen. That's one element. And the other element is there are heavy metal compounds. There's formaldehyde. And without getting too in-depth, there's other very scientific named toxic chemicals that reside in these fabrics and these dyes and that are known carcinogenic. So they have already been implied that they cause cancer, but you know nobody puts a synergy of effect together. Like what happens when you wear this bra and mix it with the aluminum in your deodorant under your arm or UV rays hit it from the sun? What happens? And you, you discover in different scientific studies that it off-gasses It does mix with aluminum and cause an effect. And so, you know, you can't pinpoint it and say, this nylon bra causes breast cancer, but you can look at the different elements and say, yes, it could. Do you want to take that risk or chance? And so, you know, it's interesting industry because, you know, again, I've been struggling with this for most of my adult life. I have buddies that work in these cancer research and or cancer campaigns um, for breast cancer. And when you start talking about these things, they don't want to hear it. When you want to make them a hemp bra that they can advertise to all their clientele, they don't want to do it. You come to find out some major retailers or their major supporters for their nonprofit. So there's a lot of blocking that happens. And that's just the reality. The chemical industry is a billion-dollar industry. The synthetic material world is how our fashion industry operates. 
So nobody wants that to go away because they're going to have to figure out how to make things. You know, things are going to go up in price points. You know, you could still buy a T-shirt for the same amount you could buy it for in the 70s. There's an issue with that. And the issue is, is because somebody else is paying for it and it's our health. It's people that are making these garments. And until we adjust the industry, it's not going to shift and change. And so people don't have the natural options that they used to. My grandmother used to wear natural fabrics because it was in the stores. It was available or she made it, you know, and back then they would sew more. So in today's society, it's fast fashion, right? We've heard that. It's easy. It's convenient to go buy a new wardrobe for your date. You don't have to spend out your entire month budget to buy an outfit, but it's not a true price point. So if I go and buy natural fabric, my fabric price is going to be $9 to $10 a yard, depending on the fabrication. Well, they're selling t-shirts for seven. How does that work? And that's what the consumer doesn't realize because they're, they're not in the industry. They don't know how it works. But gas has gone up, you know, CDs, or not CDs anymore, but with tapes to CDs, now digital. But all that's gone up in pricing. Like coffee, you pay in the US, you pay $7 for a latte now. Like So it's crazy that fashion hasn't gone up in price point. I'm just blown away by what I'm hearing. It's just unbelievable. As I think about every single one of my family members who's passed away from, from breast cancer and, and the toxins around them. I mean, we have so many in our environment already, much less. And so I'm, I have so many questions. <laughs> I know. Too, <laughs> I, I'm wondering about, the, you know, from the business aspect, from your point of view, in terms of fashion design and manufacturing, and I'm wondering about the cause, just in terms of celebrities who you've worked with, who have this mega platform, mm-hmm. who can help to get this word out. And if you've had any inroads there. And so those are the two big questions in my mind now, Jeff, sure. as we're speaking, because I'm like, this is so important. Obviously, the business models is a different setup. For example, like Giselle Bunchkin, who's a friend, like all these celebs I've dressed have been friends or acquaintances I've met through other friends. It's never been a trade of PR or marketing or anything like that. So Giselle really has a heart for this. I met her at the Rainforest Alliance Gala. So she's a big advocate for protecting the rainforest in Brazil, obviously, which I am as well. I was actually trying to source some fabrications down there and whatnot. So I have a big heart for that because it is a filtration system for our, for our world. But when I started sharing with her about this, because obviously she's in the fashion industry and particularly the bra industry, she said, listen, I'll help you, you know, develop your hemp bra, like basically I made the bra and I would bring it to her and she'd fit it on. She'd give me feedback, what she liked, didn't like. And so we made this hemp t-shirt bra, but you know, I'm not going to promote it and say, Hey, it's Giselle's hemp t-shirt bra. Like that's a whole different, like that's you have to work with agents and managers and set up, you know, I'm not a big guy that way, but she wants to help because she believes in it. But that's where you run into. And that's just reality with celebrities is that they do have a platform but their business management team is going to want to use that platform to make them money, which is respectful. And so when you do a cause like this, it's a different model. It's, it's, you ask to basically say, hey, this is what I believe in. This is why I'm doing it. And you present it to them and then they offer how they want to help you um, and to what level. That's just the reality of it. So, But luckily, people do believe in what I'm doing. And that's why I'm not paying their manager to let me place a product on them, which is usually how it's done, right? But back to just quickly, when you said about we're already dealing with a lot of chemicals and all that stuff. So it's called bioaccumulation. So for example, you and I could both live in the same area, eat the same food. But say I smoke, you don't smoke. I could smoke my entire life. Say you smoke one day, 
you could basically get lung cancer. It's all about your bioaccumulation level because you don't know when you're going to tip over. And so the idea is, just to give a little hope, is like to wear a natural bra, to eat organically, to not use toxic chemicals when you're cleaning your house like Windex, right? So that's the idea is that you try to get rid of all that accumulation so you don't tip over. And unfortunately, my mom's generation, they were introduced to a lot of chemicals that were, they were told as, as a stay-at-home mom that these would help in your everyday chores. You know, they would start, it wasn't cashmere and wool anymore. They would start mixing things acrylic with the wool so you could wash it in your washing machine. And it was more convenient than hand-washing the wool. So it was little things like that. So they didn't know any better. And they were introduced Lysol and all this PERP plus and, you know, this conditioner and shampoo in one, but, you know, it's been linked to brain cancer. Like you got all these heavy toxic and it was cheaper. You had these Costco, Sam's Club, et cetera, that would sell this stuff in bulk. So it was that time period that nobody questioned anything. So you can imagine the bioaccumulation levels of these ladies went through the roof. And that's why you see breast cancer climbing. This is all really interesting because as you're speaking, I don't know if you know, but I, my husband died years ago from a very rare disease. And this is something I would totally have to go do my research on. But I'm just sure that the incidence of even these rare diseases have gone up over time. And every year we hear of some other rare disease we've never heard of. I mean, when I tell people, and I wrote about this in my book, Holistic Wealth, and I told you the truth. This is exactly how I came up with the whole concept of holistic wealth. Because when you think about our wealth in terms of, you know, most people think about the money and the power and the fame, that kind of thing. But when my husband died at 34 from this disease nobody had ever heard of, most doctors have never seen it in their lifetime. I realized that like, yeah, no, we have to take this seriously. Sustainability, the environment, what we wear, what we put in our bodies, because I feel like the incidence of these diseases is increasing and we're going about our daily lives. We're striving. We're trying to make, you know, a life. We're trying to make a living for our kids and our families. And we're still like COVID-19 and we're still not heeding, you know, um, the signs that are out there that we have to, we have to reevaluate how we go about our lives. And so because of that, I wrote this book. Uh, it was first a viral article about the 40 life lessons I learned after his death, which, you know, this was one. And then that blossomed into this notion of holistic wealth. And as you're speaking and I'm, you know, thinking back to his death, one of the big projects that I want to do this year is to launch this documentary around holistic wealth and some of the issues you're talking about. And so I want to ask you about your documentary, which was Emmy Award winning. The name of it is Remastered for folks listening, and it was produced by Design Sensory. Um, and the documentary shines a light on the toxins and the fashion and the health implications along with your journey. Can you tell us a bit more about the documentary and the motivation and inspiration for that? Sure. Um, it's funny the phone calls you get after you get an Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> I like, I like, I've been doing this a long time. Um, <laughs> no, simply it was uh, as a heart project, this production outfit out of Knoxville, Tennessee, heard about what I was doing, said, listen, we got money from the government, Tennessee government, that we would like to do documentary and cover some artists that are 
from Tennessee and based in Tennessee that are doing good things. And I said, oh, lovely. I like the concept, the idea. I go, can we take it a little bit further? And I said, I hope you don't mind. But yeah, I've been wanting to, sh to shine a light on this subject matter for a while. So can we take it a step further and talk about sustainability and the health implications? And they said, sure. So then I basically said, okay, well, this is what I'm doing. And they're like, wow, you're doing all that? I go, yeah, in the next two weeks. All right, you guys coming? And so they literally show up and we, they just start filming. And I kind of had everything, like I, I said, I don't want anything fabricated. I just wanted you to guys to capture what we're doing. And I said, well, we want to do some interview stuff to get some heart stuff. And I said, sure. So they came and they shot at my studio in Tennessee. They shot at the farm there. They shot at in Malibu, where I also reside some of the year. And then they shot at my show that I did in Portugal, in Lisbon, um, using Madeira lace, which is a beautiful fabrication. So that was a project at the moment that I was working on. I lost uh, my daughter and that was a hard time for me, but, you know, also has to do with toxins. Basically, the gist of it is her mom grew up in Mississippi and her, her dad was a crop duster and they kept the, all the chemicals, all the all the elements right next door to the house obviously got in the groundwater, et cetera. And so her mom had some health implications and she was honestly told she could never, ever get pregnant. But Veda was our miracle baby and fought for her, but she obviously had some health implications coming into this world from that. It just shows you how all these synthetic toxic chemicals going unchecked can create grief in our life. I'm working with, actually with Malibu, about putting in regulation policies so that we know what we're buying at the store when it's a fabric. It should say this has blah, 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 and blah in it. It has been known to cause cancer. It should just be labeled so people have an educated decision. And whether they believe it or not, it's up to them. But right now, there's none of that. And so people are walking around in you know yoga pants that are made of synthetic stretch and nylon that have a known TDI, which is a hormone disruptor in them. So you see these beautiful young people and then they're breaking out all over their face and neck and they don't know why. You know, I didn't realize how big of a platform uh, film is and television. So, you know, that's why I did it. That's a good point. And I, I just wanted to ask you a bit about that. Just in terms of that platform for the documentary, can you give us a sense of how you were able to reach the masses via that platform? Well, originally, I think they had the distribution on the Cowboy Channel because I ride horses. I'm a horse guy. So they, they took it on. And then I think Amazon Prime took it on. And that's when it kind of escalated and blew up. So it's all about your distribution channel. But it's a value of production and the subject matter. And it's about capturing, you know, like-minded individuals. And what what distribution channel is that? Because there's so many channels nowadays. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. When you were mentioning young people walking around in these nylon yoga pants, I'm just wondering what are the top offenders? If you happen to know what these are or have an idea, just to educate the audience. I know you mentioned you're working on policies now or getting that enacted, which is amazing. But in the meantime, like, are there the, the bigger offenders out there that people should be aware of? Simply being is everyone should look at just buy natural fabric. But unfortunately, there's like PET, recycled polyester out there that's entering in the board short world and the Lululemon and all the legging world. And they're pitching that as an eco-sustainable option. Well, it's not because it's petrochemical based. It's got formaldehyde in it. It's got heavy metals in it. It doesn't breathe. It's one of the worst things you can put on your body. But we need to get rid of polyester plastic altogether should not even be existing in our world because it continually off gases, continually puts toxins into our bodies. So 
I'm not a fan at all of that. Um, and there's all this kind of commercial corporate talk of, you know, circular systems and whatnot. And that, again, is going back to recycling polyester fibers. But I'm like, why recycle toxins? Why recycle? It doesn't make sense to me. But it's because that's what can be recycled easily and cheaply. So again, it keeps them moving towards a green solution without actually doing doing the real thing, which is using natural fabrications and plant-based dyes because those are more time-consuming and more expensive. So the industry is trying not to like change completely, but showcase that they are changing. So anyways, all that to say, there's a lot of confusion in the commercial world to consumers of what is safe and what's not and what to buy and what not to buy. So, so the rule of thumb is, yeah, definitely go for natural fib- fibers that aren't synthetically dyed. So yeah, so with the leggings, for example, you can buy cotton or hemp leggings, you know, that have anything under 6% stretch is still technically certified from the standard of sustainability, tons of different certifications now. They all mean something different. I don't even know what they all mean, but, you know, it's funny. Every, everyone has a different business model, but that's the gist of it. You want to make sure that the dyes, synthetic dyes aren't in the fabrication that's a natural fiber, basically. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful information for sure. But I'm sure there are other diseases and ailments that we all assume are like stress and diet related and maybe partially attributed to these toxins by exposure to these toxic garments. I'm wondering if there are any others that you may be aware of, even just anecdotally, that you can share with us. Any other diseases or ailments that need to be on our radar? We discussed breast cancer for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've particularly been honed in on breast and prostate cancer. Actually, Matt Shubin, he's our marketing guy for Wolf and Rose, which is our sustainable intimates that we're actually producing inventory on that. So Matt actually lost his father to prostate cancer. He's very in tune with that. So, you know, this guy was a Marine, like super athletic, hand built his house in Malibu, you know, and just a very strong guy and he dies of prostate cancer. So, you know, again, you're having this shift of what guys used to wear. Like my grandfather used to wear these white DVDs or whatever. They were white cotton briefs. And then we now are wearing like synthetic polyester, acrylic, stretch, you know, Calvin Klein's or something like that, you know, that are really tight fitting and modern looking and all that stuff. So again, we didn't study what happens. And again, the scrotum is the most permeable area of the men's body. And, you know, we're sweating in that every day. And yeah, and there's, there's got to be a correlation. And there is, I would imagine it would affect these toxins would affect your immune system. Therefore, obviously, could that could play into other diseases being formed? I'm just haven't done personally the research myself, so you know I like to be hands on. So anything I talk about, I want to actually have done it myself. So I'm not just talking from other information or other books. Yeah, this is amazing information, and now I just want to go change out my wardrobe because I'm sure that I have like a ton of things that I should not be wearing. And so this has been so informative, Jeff. Thank you so much for this. And can you tell our our viewers where to find you? And for those who want to watch the documentary, where they can find it? The doc is still on Amazon Prime, but um, we also have it linked on our website. So if you go to propheticwiththek.com, you can find more information. And we also have a lot of these studies and research and links to books we recommend talking about this subject matter um, on our Wolf and, Wolf and Rose 
com site because that has our intimates, our hemp boxers and women's panties on there. And eventually we'll have bras. Hopefully that will get the conversation started with your listeners and, you know, hopefully create some shifts and change. And the, you know, the easiest things to change are intimates and bedding. And there's a lot of bedding options out there right now. Imagine you, you're off gassing every night in your, your bed. So you want the sheets to be breathable as well. You definitely want hemp or organic cotton sheets. I prefer hemp because cotton actually holds water. Hemp is a little bit stronger and better, I think. But so those are the first two steps I would definitely recommend. And then, yeah, if you can start weeding out your wardrobe, obviously it costs money to replace it, but you'll have a more like decisive buying power now. So you'll really look after what you're going to go for and buy and purchase and you'll love it and wear it forever. You know, it's like the old days where I'm going to pass down my clothes to my son. So that's just important to me. Exactly. And as you mentioned, uh, starting with intimates first is definitely a frontline solution in terms of the war against the toxins because that's very sensitive. So I think in terms of how we triage or, you know, our wardrobe and how we do in terms of budget conscious, it's about doing that first. And you mentioned the bedding too, which is so important because we're relying there for eight to 10 hours every night. And as you mentioned, having breathable fabrics is important. So this has been truly educational. I want to dedicate this episode to my aunt who died of breast cancer a couple of years ago. I'm sure her children will be listening into this, Jeff. So you have no idea, you know, even from my family. And I'm sure there are other families listening into who are thinking, I wish we could have known this information years ago. And I truly feel the same way because I have a lot of my grandfather passed away from prostate cancer too. So for a lot of families, there's so many of us that have been affected by various forms of cancer. And as I said, my husband passed away just eight weeks after I gave birth, actually. <laughs> That's what spurred me to write about holistic wealth and to include sustainability in there, which is a whole slew of chapters, you know, in terms of spending time in nature, which I know you're big on, and eating healthy, which is like several chapters in there, which I know you're big on too as well. And I actually wanted to ask you about that. I think that missed me, Jeff, in terms of your eating routine, because I know you are healthy and you spend a lot of time in nature and your eating regimen is also very, very good. Do you want to share a bit about that before you go? Sure. Yeah. I... I am on a mono diet. So basically, I eat the same thing every day, all day long. So I eat acai. So it's basically like acai bowls, which is from Amazon. So it's a berry. So it, it has the least amount of sugar, but highest amount of antioxidants. I've been doing it about 14 years now. And everyone says, oh, there's no way. And, you know, I surf ride horses pretty much every day. Never been sick in my life. Sleep four hours a night. I don't know. I mean, it's worked for me. I think there's a lot to finding that connection with your food source. It's like putting pure octane fuel in my tank every day. So I don't need to think about what I'm eating. I don't spend energy doing that. I don't spend energy at the grocery store buying stuff I don't need. So if I'm doing more activity, I eat more of those. And if I do less, I eat less. It just was a decision I made, a lifestyle choice. I knew my kind of passion direction in life and it served it well. So, so yeah, it's a little different. A lot of people make fun of me. <laughs> but, but yeah, it works. And that's amazing that you, you are getting the results and you're seeing them from your diet and so many people are not. So I, it, that's great information for people to have. And so thank you once again, Jeff, yeah. for coming on the show, for sharing this critical information with our audience. This has been wonderful. Thank you again. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, I look forward to reading your book. 
thank you for joining us this week on Holistic Wealth with Keisha Blair. Make sure to visit our website, KeishaBlair.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS so you will never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Are you a member of the Institute on Holistic Wealth? If not, what are you waiting for? Go to Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to choose your membership plan and join. As a member, you get so many perks. Free worksheets, advice, coaching, and a member's workshop to design an intentionally designed life. You need to figure out your life purpose? Take the Build Your Life Purpose Portfolio Online Self-Paced Course. You're struggling with all your money decisions? Take the free financial identities quiz and then take the course. You recently had a breakup, job loss, or experienced the death of a loved one? Take the holistic healing course. You need an overall plan to achieve holistic wealth? We will help you figure out your holistic wealth blueprint. And of course, if you want to start making money by helping others achieve holistic wealth, become a certified holistic wealth consultant. Regardless of what career you've got, the Institute will show you how to increase your income and walk in your purpose. The sooner you join, the sooner you start to achieve a more holistically wealthy lifestyle. And you're going to want to stay for a very long time. So go to Institute on Holistic Wealth slash memberships to join. If you haven't read the book yet, pick up a copy of the award-winning best-selling Holistic Wealth 32 Life Lessons to Help You Find Purpose, Prosperity, and Happiness.